Breath of the Wild had what some would consider a perfect sandbox. Most of these people are more than likely aware of all of the crazy stuff you can do with stasis, magnesis, the bomb runes, and with cryonis. Seriously, some of the combat clips out there are way out of my depth. Though that game was missing some of the standard tropes of a sandbox game though, crafting and bits like that. Unless you count the great fairy upgrades as crafting, but that's not really in the definition in my opinion. But well, we've had a lot of stuff confirmed in the past week with the brand new trailer for Tears of the Kingdom. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and in YouTube comments talking about how the game still looks like Breath of the Wild 1.5. I just, I don't get this. We're going to discuss all of the new, like, open editions in the game. We won't be going into anything in, like, stunning detail because I'll be doing individual videos on every part of the open world itself sometime in the future. But I do want to discuss how big the world is likely to be compared to the hardware we're on and some of the brand new sandbox aspects that we've seen in the game so far. As an example, how insanely crazy the new vehicles and other traversal methods are and how they could change up the game for better or for worse. Make sure to subscribe if you enjoy the video as the channel is a stone's throw away from 5,000 subscribers as I record this. So, I think we should talk about the brand new vehicles we've been shown first. Somehow I've gone an entire week without talking about these and they seem to be the brunt of a fairly heated debate after the trailer. Some people don't think that vehicles fit in a Zelda game at all, and honestly I can see this point. It felt like Breath of the Wild should probably be the peak of that. The Sheikah in the last game were nuts for that sort of stuff. You can even ride a motorcycle after the Champion's Ballad. To this day, that fact bewilders me. But are these vehicles in the next game too far? It kind of seems like we can pretty much build them from scratch. As I'm sure you might have seen, there are certain parts of these brand new vehicles lying around the open world. Things such as the fans that seem to be on that new helicopter equivalent and wheels seem to be laying around just chilling. So I'm guessing that means that the option will be either explore the world in your own way, ignore all the items and never bring any vehicles together. But you know, does that mean that you'll get around in a much slower way and you'll just be on foot or using items? Or maybe you'll just be stuck and you'll have to make a vehicle anyway. We aren't sure yet. One interesting thing about the hot air balloon in particular to me is that since it has nothing to do with fans, I guess, we haven't seen any of the parts around the world that will need to create the hot air balloon. Will we just find the balloon out in the wild or will it be a part that we'll have to always have ready in our pocket, almost like an item? Honestly, I'd guess that it'll probably just be found somewhere out in the open world. Finally, the helicopter vehicle's base seems to be a piece of metal which is pretty interesting. It shows us that these vehicles might not just be craftable using specific items that you might find in the world that are highlighted using that greenish colour. It shows that we might be able to take just about everything and use it as a base for a brand new vehicle that you might be able to craft. Is this too far? I think in pretty much any other context, I would agree that it might be a little bit too far. But in a sequel to the most sandbox intensive game in the series and the most popular game in the series sales wise, I think that going even more sandbox is a good idea, but I personally don't think that the game going more sandbox also equates to the game being more open. I've seen a lot of people complaining about the vehicles because they wanted this game to be slightly more linear to include a more involved story and more traditional dungeons. But I still think that just because the Zelda team have added vehicles to make open world exploration even easier in essence, depending on how we actually get these vehicle parts and the green job that seems to stick them together anyway, that doesn't mean 
that the rest of the game might not be slightly more linear, but that's a topic for a completely different time. At the moment, the vehicle stuff is the brand new thing that makes this game feel even more new when it comes to our items. Though I have seen some people speculating on the cannon that we see in this trailer and the fire-breathing dragon shield attachment from E3 2021 being customizable too. So in essence, the theory is that we make our own weapons too. Honestly, I'm not entirely sure how plausible this idea is, but it definitely looks like that could be the case. If so, then this game will truly be insane with its customization options. The vehicles themselves look like they might need a specific thing to move around though. The car seems like it will need the power source in the back, the helicopter thing doesn't though, so I could just be dead wrong with that. Shield surfing. It was one of the most fun ways to get around Breath of the Wild's world in my opinion, especially in the Heba region. And luckily enough, the Heba region itself is one of my favourite places in the entire map. So I did a whole bunch of surfing, I actually try and go there every single time I can, which is why some of these videos include shield surfing clips where it really isn't necessary. <laughs> Shield surfing seems to be a bit more prevalent in this game on rails, which I think is a really nice change. I want to say that there will be a reason why the team decides to show us this clip in particular, and that there will be more rails scattered throughout the map, but I have no clue where they are yet. Either way, if there are other rails scattered around, then we'll have a way cooler way to get around as long as you don't mind your shield taking a ton of damage on the way down. I think the rails themselves just look cool too. You get a lot of speed and stuff, and because we're discussing how sandboxy the map feels, that stuff means a lot. It's how much fun you can have in the map instead of how action-packed the map is going to be. We've seen a few potential runes in the previous trailers and the new trailer for the game too, though I don't think there's too much to talk about just yet when it comes to how fun these runes could be. It seems like a Magnetis type of item is coming back, a very cool addition, but we aren't sure yet whether it'll only be able to pick up some items with specific uses or if it'll be able to pick up just about anything. More like stasis in that sense than the original Magnetus. Because the hand itself is a giant hand in normal form, I want to lean more on the side of being able to pick up near enough everything, but I really don't know and I don't want to accidentally hype somebody up, so I'm going to assume for now that it'll only pick up certain items like the wheels and the fans and puzzle items and stuff like that. We've also seen an ability that can turn back time. This one has a lot of potential too. For the moment, we've seen Link roll a metal ball at enemies to deal damage, and we've seen him use it to fly up into the sky using a block that has presumably fallen from a sky island. This is very speculative, but if this ability works in a way so that if a stone talus throws a boulder at us, we can freeze it in the air and essentially throw it back at them, then that would be really cool and could also open up even more combat options in the next game. Something that I'd really like to see in Tears of the Kingdom. So far, it seems like these runes might mimic similar stuff to what we've seen in Breath of the Wild. But with that cannon item seemingly throwing bombs at that talus in the trailer, I don't want to say we'll be having brand new remote bombs. It's an odd one. I guess we'll see when the game releases though. I'm very interested to see if the items keep leaning into a brand new sandbox feel and if we'll be getting a ton of brand new runes, or if it'll just be a small few that resemble the same as the last game. Next, we move on to the bow combat. Honestly, when making videos and stuff on Tears of the Kingdom, I completely discounted the possibility that bow combat would be improved on in pretty much any way. I kind of guessed that the elemental arrows would more than likely be the most that we'd get once again. Maybe there would be some new ways to fight enemies whilst airborne with the bow, and that's probably about it. But we've already seen that that is not the case. There is at the very least going to be one brand new kind of arrow. We don't know whether or not Tears of the Kingdom is going to bring the return of the ancient arrows yet or not, but we do see what could be seen as a way more powerful arrow than at the very least the elemental arrows. 
Ling decides he wants to have absolutely abysmal aim and then the arrow corrects its course and flies into what looks to be a cargo rock or something of that nature. So why am I talking about this in a video about how Tears of the Kingdom is going to have this crazily open sandbox? Because it's just another thing that is going to make things like trick shots and general combat just that bit more entertaining. Think of all of the possibilities with this one arrow alone. Along with that, the arrow seems to deal a decent amount of damage. I have to guess that this enemy is going to at least have more health than a keys, so the fact that a single one of these arrows can kill one of them is pretty exciting from a gameplay perspective. While on the topic, it seems like the enemies will be leaning into a more fun open world too. The Bokoblins themselves are likely going to be as lovable as they've ever been, to at least some extent, as long as you're not in their line of sight and the camps in general they kind of seem like they're in more interesting locations. The most fun I had taking down enemies in Breath of the Wild was down in Gerudo Canyon on the side of Mount Naboru and Kukot Plateau? Kaukut Plateau? However you say that. So seeing more camps in precarious situations would be a change for the better in my opinion. Not to mention the Stone Talus from the E3 2021 trailer for the game. If we can ride on the top of a stone talus with a camp on the top of it using an item that brings enemy detection down in some way, then that would be really cool too. One very final thing, and this truly is a big one. Gyro puzzles are coming back, but they seem to bring up arrows onto the item Link's holding. Could that mean we can control motion control puzzles with the analog stick? And with that, I mustn't talk anymore. Tears of the Kingdom will be a masterpiece. At the moment, the feel I get from every single shot of Tears of the Kingdom is that we're going to be having even more fun in this open world, even if it does feel dire at times during a blood moon or whilst you're in the caverns. Those of us looking out for a load of fun challenges will likely have a great time and I cannot wait to explore every nook and cranny of this Hyrule all over again in search of all of the brand new enemy camps, potential ruins and everything else. Do you hate the idea of the open world feeling even more sandboxy or do you love it? Let me know in the comments and subscribe for more weekly content on the lead up to Tears of the Kingdom's release, plus you'll join the 21% of people who are watching who are subscribed. Plus like the video if you enjoyed it, it helps me a ton. Thank you to all of my amazing Patreon supporters and members with an extra special thank you to Sumji and Jared Whedon as usual. Thank you all for watching and I'll see you on Sunday. Please do stay safe.